Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one Best big in the league and it's no debate Who's from the haters, point him to the exit I guess every franchise needs his process Every franchise needs its own process Coming down the lane, yeah, watch your head, yeah We post a every game, yeah, get your Kodak Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray Hit you with the jab, step, knock down, lock from Ben Get out the way, and one, let the fans know it Yeah, homie, let the fans know it Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye if you mess, you better get back Cause if Embiid's there, won't be a putback Keep all that trash out of the paint Cause Embiid will put it back in your face He's a cold-blooded killer And he take no prisoners Yeah, dump off from TJ Call it the feed to Embiid What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the feed to Embiid I am your host off trail along with my always looking ripped co-host <laughs> Brock Landis. This time he has a beanie hat on. A rare occasion for Brock with a beanie hat. Usually has a has a uh, you know a, a a what would you call it a, a baseball cap? <laughs> I guess a hat. A hat. <laughs> I either have a hat on or, or I have a fresh cut. Um but I, I I I choose based on what my hair's looking like. So if I'm wolfing, if I'm not cut for two weeks, I'll wear a hat. There's a beanie on tonight because I've been cutting a week and a half. So uh, probably next time we podcast, I'll be I'll be letting my dome out. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Brock, we are on the eve of the uh, All Star Reserves being announced. So I believe we have done enough research independently and you know whatnot we are i think credible enough and licensed to give our all-star selections um ourselves um we will start off with the east <clears throat> we will give um and we'll do it we'll, we'll do it in the format of you give your first two guards um then you give your Last three starters, so your 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 front court players, mm-hmm. and then we'll do the same thing. Do two and three, and then we will do um, the wild card guys. Right. Um, and rather than just list them, we're gonna say this is the guy we chose and why. Well, what makes him an all star? We're gonna do that. Midpoint, Brock, you will have the Cobra ad to read. At the end, I will read the Western Con or after after the Western Conference uh, goes, we will do people do the the last ad. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna go one player at a time. So instead of you saying player A and player B, it's gonna be player A, give your whole spiel, player B, give your whole spiel. Um, are you ready to go, Brock? I'm ready, baby. What about you? I am also ready. All right. I'm excited. You and I didn't reveal our reserve picks, so this is going to be completely new to both our viewers and you and myself. So I'm excited, Austin. Uh, you want me to start or you want to go first? You can start. Well, you, is that you, Nike, by the way, is that is that a uh, Nike checkered hoodie I see? It is. I, I, I like that. I, I like some, that, Krell. I didn't know you were capable of that. I got some nice swag. I like that. Well, Thank not you. if you say it like that, but I, I, I like that. I didn't know – 
I didn't know you. How, how was Florida, by the way, before we start? You still there? Or, or, or? Still there. Yeah, I'm still there. How was it? Beautiful? I was in Miami the other day. I was behind enemy lines. And, you know, it was, uh, it was okay. nice. Yeah, we're getting rain, sleet, and snow here in, uh, in Philadelphia. So I'd like to be where you are. But yeah. uh, regardless, we move on. Um, so I'll start. I'll give my first player. Um, because the East is loaded, I don't think this needs any explanation. He would be starting. Uh, had the East not been that loaded, and, and you got Joel Embiid who's playing like an MVP this season. So uh, the East is loaded, long story short. But James Harden is my first pick. Guard out of Brooklyn, 13-5 and five since the trade to Brooklyn. He's first in the NBA for total assists. So for all of the it's one ball crowd, there's only one ball between three superstars. It's not going to work. Harden has completely altered his game. He's a master distributor. He's still making guys dance, and he manipulates the game effortlessly. This season, he's being unselfish. He's making plays or putting his teammates in positions to succeed, and he's shooting 41% from three. So having said all of that, I think he's one of the most impactful players in the NBA, one of the best offensive players in the NBA. And Brooklyn, they're getting on that one seed. So Kyrie, Katie, and Harden are all all all-stars in my book. You know, can I tell you? You're gonna be quite alarmed at my at, at my uh, James Harden selection here. Did he not make it for you? We'll see. You wow! Will find That's out. Ballsy if he didn't. You'll find out. All right, your next guard. I'm saying Zach Levine. Wow! As your starter. your starter. Yeah. For for well well you you mean the second the second guard was right not an all star starter those those were announced. No, you're supposed to give your your starters too. You, we, we, Why, what am I going to give you my starters for? They were already picked. They already have the starters. Why not? I like the starting lineup as is. I like Kai, Brad, KD, Giannis, and Embiid. I'll keep it as is. I don't okay. care. I, I'm going to say Zach Levine is my second guard for reserve. Uh, and then uh, I'm a pretty big advocate for getting Levine in the all-star game. I believe that everything matters, right? You got to have the perfect – system you got to have players and and coaches around you that can optimize your talent you got to be in a good environment and that basically negates everything Zach Levine's had in his career we've seen Minnesota is of course a dysfunctional organization and what they pulled last night was absolutely ridiculous so a bad situation in Minnesota and in Chicago Zach Levine doesn't have much help he's had to deal with multiple coaches their last coach was absolutely horrendous uh, things are turning around in Chicago a little bit, but still, it's not a great environment. Having said all of that, Zach Levine has been more than phenomenal. He's been a superstar. And had the East not been this loaded, like I said, the East has so much talent, Zach Levine would probably start in a perfect world. This guy has the most clutch points in the NBA this season on the Chicago Bulls, okay? He's averaging almost 30 points per game of all the players to shoot 400 or more shots this season. So that's really high volume. There's there's not a lot of them. That's all the stars. He's top 10 in both field goal percentage and three-point percentage. That's incredible efficiency on very high volume. And he's just an artist offensively. 66% from the field on fadeaways, 48% making close to 50% of his step backs. He has nine games with 35 points. He's the only player with 800 points on 50, 40, 80. That's 50 from the field, 40 from three. 80 from the line. Zach Levine has shot a ton of shots. He has incredibly high volume, but he's been super efficient on that volume. 
And he's just an he's an artist offensively. You watch him play the game, and you're just in awe. This guy has freak bounce. He's got handles. He can get a shot off in in any situation. Doesn't matter the angle. He's got torque in his body to shoot coming off the screens. I'm enamored with Zach Levine's game, and I've been thrilled with his development because he's really turned into a serious offensive threat. He went from a jumper, an athlete, to a serious, legitimate offensive killer. So Zach Levine needs to be in this all-star game, in my opinion. Okay. Next one. Now, this is where it gets complicated, right? (laughs) And and, and I'm sure I'm going to ruffle some feathers here because the front court – can go a lot of different ways. There's a lot of deserving players, and I'll preface this by saying I think every player that I did and and didn't select, like the three or four I didn't, are all deserving, right? But for my front court, I took Tobias Harris. And I, okay, let me start with Tobias. Let, let me let me go one at a time. Let me go one at a time. Let me make my case for Tobias. Uh, the Sixers are the best team in the East by record if you watch them play. They are the best team in the East right now. And had Utah not been this incredible club that's firing on all cylinders, if Philadelphia didn't have that COVID scare, they might be the best team in the entire league. But regardless, Tobias Harris has 14 games with at least 20 points on at least 50% field goal percentage. The Sixers only lost two of those 14 games. So he's contributing to winning for Philadelphia, who's the best team in the East. That's double those games, those 14 with at least 20 on 50% shooting. That's double the amount that Tatum has. And it's more than Bradley Beal. It's more than Kevin Durant. And it's more than Luka, who are all starting for the All-Star game. He's a few 70, 80% nights at the line away from being one of four players with 500 points on 40 or 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% at the line. Kind of like Zach Levine, a lot of volume. He's been efficient on high volume. And, and the thing about Tobias is I call him a grown man bucket getter. Now, that's not hard to comprehend. I call him a grown man bucket getter because he's been in the league 10 years, okay? He's 28 years old. If you throw a 19-year-old, you throw a 22-year-old, a 24-year-old on him, he is taking them to school. I equated earlier at the season, Tobias's game is like a poor prime mellows game, a poor man's prime mellows game. Wow. Where right now, Tobias's game is like a rich man's mellow game, mellow as in the mellow right now. Tobias is just a grown man bucket getter. He's going to take us to school. He's going to attack mismatches. He's going to abuse those mismatches. And he's a guy that just hits his spots, and he's money when he gets there. The mid-range coming off the screen, getting downhill in transition, he's money in all of those situations, I think given what Philadelphia is doing this year, and Tobias has been a huge part of it, he deserves to be in the All-Star game. Doc's going to be there, and Bede's going to be there. We've said for the past two years, two years ago, Tobias was snubbed. A year ago, he probably would have made it had he been in the West as opposed to the East. This is the year that Tobias gets in the All-Star game, in my opinion. I think he deserves it. Okay. Now, the reason why it gets complicated is because are you going to put Tobias – Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons in the All-Star game. Now, if I say you should put all three of them in, I probably sound like I have a bias because I do the Sixers breakdowns every day. That's the team that I create content for. So I feel like I can't put all three of them in and still have credibility. Do I think all three are deserving? Yes. Ben's up to 17 points per game, 8-8 eight and eight in the past 30 days, two steals a game, one of the best defenders in the league offensively. It's all clicking. But I don't want to lose any credibility. 
And I think just given how the league works, the Sixers probably won't get three guys in there. I think they'll go with Tobias because he's been consistently excellent, whereas Ben got off to a slow start a little bit. Uh, that's not to say all three aren't deserving, but just based on logistics, I don't think Ben's going to make it if Tobias makes the All-Star game. Now, after Tobias, this was another toss-up because there's two boys out in Boston that are just cold-blooded killers, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm going to go with Jalen Brown here. Uh, Jason Tatum is having a real good season in just in terms of offensive production and, and what he's doing. Uh, it's par for the course, but I just think Jalen Brown's been a little bit better and a little more efficient. He's taken massive strides, increased his point per game average from 20 to 25. And in my opinion, that's a huge leap going from that 20 to 25, because if you go from like 13 points to 20 points, it's like, all right, you, you took that leap. You're there. You're not a rookie anymore. You took that leap. We respect you now. But to go from 20 to 25 when teams got film on you and you're an offensive focal point now, teams know what to look out for. It just tells me that Jalen Brown's been in the lab. He's been grinding and he's been adding to his game. I mean, this season, he's slowly been perfecting his range and it's becoming limitless, just like Tatum's. He's shooting 50% from 20 to 24 feet, close to 40% from 25 to 29 feet, and 40% from 30 to 34 feet. So he literally has limitless range this season. Wherever he's pulling from, he's converting it at a really high rate. He dropped a career high 42 this month in just three quarters. He's not relying on anyone's game. That's the huge thing for me. He's his own offensive player now, and he's giving dudes work. Like he's, he's giving out work. He's consistently efficient. He's impactful every single night. But the reason why I think they're going to go with <laughs> Jalen Brown as opposed to Jason Tatum, and yes, this is live, <laughs> is because Boston lost some games this season, uh, pretty bad games. Notably last night they blew a game, a uh, 24-point lead against the Pelicans. They lost a game to Detroit, and then right after that a game to Washington, uh, which were both pretty significant losses. Uh, and I think Tatum is just as deserving as Brown, but this season Brown's played a few more games, I think three or four more games, and uh, he's just been more efficient and, and productive in my opinion. Last for the front court, this is another tough one that, that might upset people. I wanted to go bam at a bio here, but but ultimately I went with Demontis Sabonis. Uh, Indiana's fourth in the East. He's one of the most fundamentally sound and attention to detail players in the entire league. What he brings every single night with screening, with attacking, with running the floor, dribble handoffs, what he does in the glass, the energy he brings, he deserves to be recognized. Uh, he's, he's fifth in scoring in the post this season and fourth as a pick-and-roll role man. So uh, what he brings every night just impacts winning. Indiana's a fourth seed. Malcolm Brogdon could get in there, but there's too many good guards in the East. And because of that, I think you have to, if you have to choose between either Bam or if you have to choose between him, Jimmy Butler, uh, I, I just think the Monta Sabonis is going to get the notch here. Okay. Now your wild cards. My wild cards are fun, okay? These are fun. You may not be expecting this one. But Austin – if these reserves are announced tomorrow and Fred Van Bleet is not a reserve, wow. I'm going to be furious. I'm going to be furious. I don't, I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it. I don't know if he will, but listen, Toronto in the past month has the second most wins. They have the second most points scored and the most 
threes, the se- or, or the second most threes, and the second most steals. So they're top two in every category that matters, basically. And it's largely because of Fred VanVleet. He's 6'1", undrafted. Toronto's playing in a different state. Their home games aren't in Toronto. They're in Tampa. So Toronto's playing in a completely different state. The Raptors haven't lost a game when Kyle Lowry hasn't played. So you're taking your, your, your floor general, your point guard out, your leader out, and Toronto hasn't lost a game when that's happened because Fred Van Bleet has been a leader and he's stepped up. So given everything he's had to deal with, you might say, yeah, that's a lot for him to overcome. But what is he doing in terms of production? How is he impacting winning? Well, this team went from fade for Kate, you know, kind of tank on purpose, maybe a little by accident. So you get Kate Cunningham, maybe a top five pick to fifth in the East. Okay, they have surpassed numerous teams. They're now fifth in the East. Fred Van Bleet is top five and assisted three-pointers made. He's getting shots for his teammates, but he's also sixth in the NBA for three-pointers made. So he himself is putting the ball in the basket from deep. He has the most steals in the NBA. He's killing people with his handles. He's getting into defenders' chests, which I think is awesome because he's 6'1", undrafted. He's a complete underdog, and he's been a leader. He's been the rock for Toronto. They've been arguably the most productive team in the past month, in my opinion. And because of that, I I think the NBA at large would would just be disrespecting Fred Van Fleet if he doesn't get a reserve spot. Okay. And your last one. My last one – I want to say Ben Simmons here so badly. I want to say Ben. I think he's very deserving. Uh, But this was a toss-up here between Trey Young and Julius Randle. I think Trey Young Young and Julius Randle have have both real good arguments. But ultimately, uh, out in Atlanta, there's just too much talent for that team to be sub-500 with 13 wins and more losses than wins. Uh, Trey Young's having a career year. He set career highs and – field goal percentage, three-point percentage at the line. So Trey's balling out, and don't get me wrong, he's one of the best guards in the NBA. There's not, there's probably not six to eight guards better than him in the NBA. But Julius Randle this season, 23 points per game, 11 boards a game, five assists per game, dishing the rock, making an impact on the glass, and he's scoring. He, he's scoring like a beast. That's one thing Julius Randle could always do. Jay Randle with that left hand, he could shoot three ball, 41%. This season from deep on the highest volume of his career. New York is a seventh seed, so they're in the playoff picture. If the season ended today, the Knicks would be in the playoffs. I think what Simmons has done, especially in the past month, is a little more impressive than what Julius Randle's done. But just given the, the, the career arc for Julius Randle, kind of turning everything around, becoming a candidate for most improved player, willing New York to the playoff picture, I think Julius Randle deserves to be at the All-Star game this year. Okay. Okay. That's it for me, baby. I like your list. I do. I like it a lot. Um, we, we're going to have a lot in common with this list, I think. Um, and I included the starters in mine because I had some, I had some discrepancies with the starters. Okay. Um, now, we're going to start off with a guy who, I, who was snubbed last year, I think is – about played as well as he possibly could this year um, for, 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 for a team that's underperforming a little bit. Um, but Bradley Beal is, is an easy starter for me. Um, leads the league in, st- in scoring, has a positive assist turnover ratio, 
and above average true shooting for this, despite having the second highest usage of all players to have played at least 25 games this season. So the ball is in his hands all the time. He's not getting tired. He's not turning the ball over recklessly. He's still passing the ball. He's, he's, he's recording more assists and turnovers. Efficiency is still pretty good for him, despite all the tension he warrants on offense. Um, and I think he's one of those guys that don't, that's not on a great team, but deserves it. So Bradley Bill's a starter for me. Um, I have Jalen Brown starting in the All-Star game. Okay. Um, he's the best season. What? That's big time. Yeah. Best season of his career in points, 25 and a half. Field goal percentage, 49.7. Three-point percentage, 40.9. Free throws, 76.6. Assists, 3.9. And blocks, 0.5. He has the highest true shooting percentage of all Celtics playing at least 30 minutes. The games where Tatum was out, he was a big reason why they were able to to, to, to stay afloat there um, and not get completely swallowed up. Um, Pause. Now, the next one, Durant, is one for me in the East um, in, in scoring, putting 50-40-90. That's a second in the East. That's also going to play a factor for me. The common theme of this, it was an easy choice, even if it's a little bit of about the, the narrative of, like, the Achilles recovery and, you know, yada, yada, yada. He still is very much so deserving of his position in this game as a starter. I do not think he's in the end of the conversation, however, um, for this season. Even if they want, don't, if, don't let Stephen A. Smith hear that. <laughs> even if the media narratives want to push it, I, I don't see it. Um, next <laughs> is Giannis Antetokounmpo, 28, 12, and 6 for his team. Um, net rating of 11.5. So they are outscoring their opponents by 11.5 points with him on the court. Um, and that's, a, that, that's, that's the highest for all bucks to have logged at least 600 minutes this season. Their net rating of just 0.9. So they're outscoring opponents by less than point. Per hundred possessions is lowest for any buck when he when they're off the court. So he's by far the biggest back player on the fourth team on 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 the. He's the third best team in the East. Third best team in the East uh, right now. Now, MB, uh, M- MVP'd, MB'd. Um, <laughs> he was obvious starter. I mean, couldn't he's? I think he's the best player in the East right now. Um, career averaging a career high thirty point three points, over eleven rebounds, having the best having the most efficient season of his career thus far. Does have a negative assist turnover ratio, so even in, even with the the uh, identifying of double teams better, still it's, it's it's not as this gargantuan of a leap as as people might make it out to be. Still, he is plenty worthy of this All Star selection as a starter. And beat it's that is your starter five me, Bill Brown on Stukumbo. Indeed. Next, we go to the bench. My bench begins with Kyrie Irving, second on the Nets in scoring, currently 50 40 90. Um, you know, if he, if it, I, I did not, I was debating on this because um, I knew I'd probably have to give the net to all stars, and I thought it was sort of like not okay for Kyrie to like just go take the week off. Uh, or like, take two weeks off and go AWOL middle of the season. But I understand why. And, uh, you know, um, I think he's I, – I, I certainly do believe that he is worthy of that pick. I mean, he's having a great year. He's averaging above, I think, 27 points per game. Um, now, if I, give it to, if I give it to Kyrie Irving, 
I'm not going to hold wins against Zach Levine when he's averaging basically the same numbers. Fourth in the East in scoring, sitting in 50-40-90. Only bull with usage above 30%. The majority of Chicago's offense at 13-16 and 16 is running through him, and he is performing at, at an all-time high for himself, and his efficiency is looking tremendous. He deserves a nod for sure. Um, even though the Celtics have underperformed and are only about five, or only one game above 500, no, wait, they're below 500. Yeah, they're below 500. Um, I'm going to give it to Jason Tatum. Leads Celtics, leads Celtics in scoring. Also has a career high in rebounds and assists. His efficiency, although a little bit lesser than Jalen Brown's, is still, you know, respectable. And, and, and you know, overall, I think pretty – he's playing at a pretty high level. So I would give the Celtics two All-Stars. But know that that is basically the entire composition of their team, which is why they're struggling right now. Um Next, Julius Randle was an obvious pick for me. Uh, career high in points, field goal attempts, uh, rebounds, assists. The reason I include field goal attempts is because his percentage, his, his field goal percentage, is in a career high. But he's also attempting more shots than he ever has in his career, so I think that matters. Um, now, again, the, he, the, the Knicks have their worst net rating of. Uh, negative six and a half, meaning that they are getting outscored by six and a half points per 100 when he's off the court. So he is basically the entire life supply to their offense. They they are a lottery team without him right now. Um, next, for me, I really didn't want to give the Pacers any All-Stars because I they, they weren't worth it. But the bonus of bonus has been pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. 21 on the um, he's he and Brogdon are really the heart and soul of everything they do. Originally, I was going to give Brogdon. He dropped off just the hair, so it's enough for me to give to Sabonis and uh, backup big man. So Sabonis gets there. My wild cards here. First one goes to Chris Middleton. Who, Chris Middleton. Yep. Wow. Yep. Even though it's not his. Even though it's not his best season to date, he's still 50-40 and nearly 90, career high in assists per game, um, and he's averaging 20 and a half. He's, he's obviously – he's becoming – it's coming to the point where he's now the 1B, uh, you know, crunch time playmaker for the uh, for, for the Bucks, and a lot of their offense runs through him even in crunch time. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's a rock. He's very solid. So I'm going to give it to him. Last, last spot – Tobias Harris gets it for me. That's right. I, I did leave James Harden off my all-star ballot this year. I The, 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 the reason being that um, I did take history into account, and in the past players have been left off for antics in this season. Jimmy Butler was left off two years ago when, when he forced his way out of Minnesota and to Philadelphia, and he was obviously very worthy of being in the all-star game that year. So – I don't, I don't, I don't see how I can justify it with the way that Harden acted at the beginning of the season. So I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to Tobias Harris, who is averaging over 20 points per game this season. Um, he's really, he's, he's just about teetering on a career high um, in a bunch of different categories. Um, but I, I, he's like 20.6 points per game. He's just like hanging on to 50, 40, 90 by a thread right now. Um, and uh, you know he, he is scoring a career high. He's I think when you when you when you evaluate across all fronts, you can make different arguments for why 
like the Sixers are where they are besides Embiid. Sure, it's Ben's defense has been incredible, but Ben has also missed more games than Tobias Harris has. Um, so I'm going to give it to Tobias Harris for here because I do think the number one seed in the East deserves to have multiple All-Stars because it's not just one guy leading you there. Never is, especially when Joel has missed, I think, six games already, whatever it is. So that was a pick for me. So those are my East. It's Beal, Brown, Durant, Antetokounmpo, Embiid starting, Irving, Levine, Tatum, Randall, Sabonis, Middleton, Harris coming off the bench. Any so our, our, our only differences were, what, you took Middleton and Tatum, and I had – who did I have that was different than you? I had um, – You had Harden. Harden. Oh, oh, Harden and Fred Van Vliet. Yes. FVV. I couldn't. I, 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 listen, I, I I like your picks, and the thing about Middleton is, if you look at Tobias Harris's number, they're like identical. Uh, the, him and Tobias have basically the identical same shooting splits, except Middleton has made more threes, he has more steals, he's more blocks. I think a little more points. Um, I, I think Tobias gets in just based on what Philadelphia has done this season, but I can definitely see you making a case for Middleton just because those numbers are almost identical, if not more in favor of Middleton. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Would you credit the more steals and the more blocks for Middleton? Is that more of a testament to the fact that he plays more guard than Tobias does? So he's going to naturally have the body to swallow up smaller guys and have an advantage there? Probably. And 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 I think what Philadelphia does is different defensively than what Milwaukee does. There, there's different personnel. Um and Milwaukee uses Giannis in a completely different way than Philadelphia uses Ben. Uh, so it really depends who's roaming. It depends who's on who on any given night. But I do think Tobias's defense in terms of just one-on-one defense has been a lot stronger this season than in years past. I mean, he's been matched with Sabonis. He's been matched with Anthony Davis, with Jalen Brown. Uh, so so he's, he's definitely drawing a lot of all-star caliber talent. Defensively, I think he's held his own this year. I can see your case for Middleton. Um, and I even thought about that with Harden, the whole uh, honey bun fiasco with little baby going clubbing, getting fat and skinny on a 24-hour notice, uh, forcing his way out of Houston. Well, that impact is all-star status. That remains to be seen. But me personally, I want to see James Harden out there dribbling, cooking somebody up, uh, you know, just doing James Harden-type things. I'm not here to see Chris Middleton chucking four threes a game doing Chris Middleton things because he's one of the most boring players in the league, in my opinion. He's got the strap. He's got a burner. Uh, but I just think uh, Harden will be better for viewership. Regardless, I think both both, both lists are real good. Uh, and that brings us to the ad because we want to talk about our Western Conference list, too. There's a lot of talent. Uh, but if you specifically want to improve your talent in terms of shotgunning beer, then you got to check my guys out at the King Cobra. If you like shotgunning beer – and you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties, at the bar, wherever you are. You got to impress a girl. You got to impress a guy. Do whatever you got to do. You got to use the King Cobra. Check them out at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in just under a second. It's a tap, polar vent, puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Real convenient. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram, IG at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is spelled with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code trust, the Cobra 10, all caps, one word. That's what it looks like. Pick yours up today. 
All right, so Austin, we got. Hold on, we're gonna give we're gonna give Rohan a second here. Uh, yeah, that, uh, who was the best defender that got selected as a, as a starter for the All Star game? The best I know, defender. I know who I'm gonna pick. Who are you gonna pick? I think I know who you're gonna pick too. Uh, you're gonna say Joel Embiid, probably. Um, I want to say Joel Embiid. I really do. Uh, but I, I still think Kawhi Leonard is the toughest matchup in the NBA. I, I think the most demoralizing thing in the NBA is stepping onto the court. You've got the basketball in your hand. You passed half court, and you got to look Kawhi Leonard in the eyes. How the hell are you going to get a bucket on him? He's a freak. He's got the biggest hands in the league. He, he's, he's a hybrid player. He can play a bunch of positions, super versatile, and – Kawhi's Kawhi's no goofy shit. He he he's locked down. So I think Kawhi's the best All Star uh, defender. But Joel Embiid definitely has a plausible case. I'll let you make it because I'm sure that's who you were going to go with. I am going to go with Kawhi Leonard as well. Okay, well then you should you should have stopped me. <laughs> it, all right, you'll go with you'll go with Kawhi Leonard. I'll make a case for Joel Embiid. Well, wait, uh, no, we don't have to. I mean, if it's, if it's- I, 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 I just I just will. Um, because he's definitely the best on the Eastern side, and, and that's no question. Um, Kawhi Leonard and Embiid are different positions, so it's really hard to compare the defensive impact. You could stick Kawhi on one through five. You could only stick Joel Embiid on one player or in one area. But Joel Embiid changes an entire team's offensive approach. Uh, on the games where Joel Embiid isn't playing, teams penetrate more. They dribble, penetrate, get to the basket more, have a higher selection of shots around the rim. Uh, if you place a seven foot seven one seven two three hundred pound guy, however taller heavy he is, if you plop him right in the middle of the floor, that changes everything. He can't get to the basket as easy. He can't get good shots around the basket as easy. Defensively, your center is probably taken out of the game. They got to be good on both ends because if they can't contribute offensively, they got to strap up on defense. This is the MVP we're talking about. And Joel Embiid has made everyone look silly offensively. This is a guy that you put Nikola Vucevic, Yusuf Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside, DeAndre Ayton. You put some of the biggest, baddest centers on Joel Embiid, and he makes them look like children offensively and defensively. He's just so much bigger and stronger and better than a lot of the centers around the league. So I think both have really good, really good cases. Okay. Rohan then asks um, – Let's see here. When are the bench all stars officially coming out? That is to, that's tomorrow night. That's why, we, that's why we did it tonight. Um, the bench all stars come out tomorrow. Tom Zimmerman says, "Yo, you're lagging very hard. Def, fix it." Yeah, is that is that me or you? I think it's me. Um, there's not a lot I can do about it right now, other than to try to persist through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will try to keep yeah, going. That Florida Wi-Fi. You don't. You don't got good routers over there, right? Right. Right now. I will try to. Re- I'll try to relocate. See what I can do. Um, Brock, your Western Conference. All right. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm curious to know how many of these I get right or wrong. The West, I think, was a little easier for me than the East. I think there's just so much talent over on the Eastern side. Um, but I'm going to start with my guards, uh, Damian Lillard. And listen, it, it, it's 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 really tough for me to care about these all-star selections and the fan voting because you know what you're getting every season. When you put the decisions in the hands of the fans who 
a lot of them probably don't know what they're watching or they don't know the intricacies or, or, or things that matter to winning. They're just fan voting. That's why you get things like Colin Sexton. Well, maybe Colin Sexton you could justify, but you get guys that shouldn't have votes getting more votes than Ben Simmons. You've got Alex Caruso, top 10 in all-star voting. Things like this happen. Um, but Damian Lillard not being named the starter, it's just outrageous. It's a shame. It's outrageous. I think the media voted in favor of Dame starting. I think the players voted in favor of Dame starting compared to Luka. Um, but the, the fan vote was in favor of Luka. So Luka's starting. But, I mean, look at Dame Lillard. He's third in terms of points, uh, total points all season. Second most three-pointers made altogether. And in the clutch, second most threes. There's only five players in the league with more free throw attempts than him, and only one of them as a guard is Trey Young. So Dame is getting to the line. He's not afraid of contact. He's drawing a lot of it, whether it's from three or just getting downhill and, and, and towards the basket. Uh, so he, he's one of the best players at imposing it. Well, he can't stop him once he gets to a rhythm. He's also top ten in assists, assist points created, and assisted three-pointers made. So he's spreading the rock. He's, he's, he's a bring-everything basketball player. On any given night, he can explode from 50. He's a dog, so he'll match up with anybody defensively and offensively. He'll attack anybody. Listen, this is on a team that's fifth in the Western Conference. CJ McCollum missed 16 games. Yusuf Nurkic missed 22 games, and yet they're still fifth in the Eastern Conference. So I think it's a shame that Damian, Damian Lillard's not starting because he's having an MVP caliber season. Um, but – what do I know? He's 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 my first pick for reserve. Okay. Next, uh, next is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, this seemed like a no-brainer for me. Utah has the best record in the NBA. Their five-man lineup is the most productive in the NBA, and he leads Utah in points, threes, free throws made, assists. He's the top dog out in Utah. He's only getting better. He brings it on both ends of the floor. He can do a lot offensively in terms of creation and defensively. He's another anchor that, that'll really match up with anybody and have no fear. Uh, so Donovan Mitchell was also a no-brainer. Those two, Dame and Donovan, were the easiest picks I had to make. Okay, next. Now for the front court, I'm going with PG, Paul George. Uh, best season in George's career by far. I mean, his field goal percentage is up to 51%, which is 5% higher than his career best previously. His three-point percentage is at 47%, almost 50% on high volume. That's 6% better than his career best previously. He's fourth in the NBA in terms of net ratings, so that means the Clippers just win or beat teams when he's on the floor. And together, him and Kwai are statistically – the most productive duo in the NBA, more than Joel and Ben, more than Tatum and Brown, more than AD and LeBron. They are the most productive duo in the NBA. They're running teams off the floor, and he's just hooping. PG's just hooping. He's the type of guy that you watch, and you're just like, damn, this dude just makes it look so easy. I mean, effortlessly, just dribbling, getting to spots, shooting over guys, rising up defensively, poking the ball, filling the passing lanes. Uh, PG is, is one of the best basketball players in the league. And unfortunately, he's taken for granted. I don't know if it's because of the playoff P blunder. I don't know if it's because he's gotten game-winning shots put in his head a bunch. I don't know if he put a target on his back, speaking in the media negatively about other players, the Doc Rivers. But I think, you, I think you mean way off P. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but but at the end of the day, PG is 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 a commodity. He's one of the best players in the NBA on both ends of the floor. And if I was a, a GM, I would be enamored to have PG on my club. Uh, so the kid's having not a kid. He's he's a he's a grown man with a wife. Um, the dude is having the best best year of his career. So PG, um, no contest there. Zion Williamson is going to the All Star game. He has to be. Uh, he's Zion Williamson. Got to have him there just just for the fact that he might dunk on someone. Uh, he can take off. He's got bounce. You, you just have to have Zion there. He's must-see TV. Uh, but if that's not convincing enough, 28 points per game in his last 10 games, fourth in the NBA altogether for three free throw attempts, and he's just so dominant. Like, he just gets on the block, and he's just killing dudes with his strength, whether it's in the post, whether it's driving. Anything in the paint belongs to Zion. That's why he's shooting 61% there. I think he's only taken 17 threes this season. But if you're scoring 28 points a game with maybe a three or less a game, it doesn't matter. You, you're, you're just physically too dominant. You're overmatching teams. Zion's must-see TV, and he's a beast, man. He's young. He's a beast. He's only going to get better, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for Zion. I would have taken Anthony Davis with my third selection, one of four players with 30 steals, 30 blocks. Bad season at the line from three. For his standard, but still plus 9.1 points per game per 100. So the Lakers, much better team with him on the floor than without him. And the Lakers aren't nearly a dangerous team, nearly as dangerous without uh, AD. LeBron lost a game or two recently without AD, and, and he's just huge for that Lakers squad. He can give them a bucket for, for, for whenever they need one. And he's AD, but unfortunately he's hurt. He needs a replacement. I'm going to say that replacement is Rudy Gobert. Uh, if it came down to God. Brandon Ingram, if it came down to Brandon Ingram or Christian Wood, maybe DeMar DeRozan too, uh, who are all very deserving, I just think the NBA and, and the coaches would go with Rudy Gobert because Utah is the best team in basketball. What uh, Utah does can't be accomplished without Gobert. I mean, defensively, second most blocks in the NBA. Uh, he's like the Joel Embiid type where if you just throw him in the middle of the floor, he changes the team's game plan. But also offensively, uh, you probably got a little sneak peek if you watched Utah play Philly. But what they do is really just spread the floor out. They've got four dudes that can get buckets and shoot the hell out of the ball. And then Rudy Gobert just kind of, run, kind of runs around. You don't need him to give you 20 points a game, 15 points a game. You just need him to set screens and body dudes and give shooters space and, and make an impact in that way. And I think that really impacts winning. So if it came down to Brandon Ingram – Christian Wood, maybe DeMar, like I said, other players that can make a case in the front court. I think the coaches would just go with Rudy Gobert by default. And now uh, now the wild cards, right? Now, I didn't have fun with this. I didn't have fun with this at all because I like a lot of these cats, okay? Uh, the one lock I had for a wild card was Chris Paul. Phoenix, wow. is, Phoenix is the fourth seed out in the West. Chris Paul organized the All-Star game last year. He had a huge say in the format and, and everything uh, with the tribute to Kobe Bryant. So I think Adam Silver and the coaches are cognizant of that. And uh, CP3 is just the type of guy you want to uh, surround yourself with and, and represent the brand during All-Star weekend. I mean, he's 35 years old. He, he, he's not like some 24-year-old out there with fresh knees and a fresh body. He's a 35-year-old hooper. Okay, he's still averaging 17 and 8. 
which is way above average, especially for his position. You just feel safe when he has the ball in his hands. He's arguably the best playmaker in the NBA. He makes the players around him better, and he makes any team he plays for either a tough competitor night in and night out or a playoff team. He did it last year with OKC, and like I said, Phoenix is the fourth seed. So I think the coaches in the league uh, just want to give him his flowers before he's gone because, like I said, this dude's 35 years old, still giving out buckets, still spreading the ball better than everybody. He casually had 19 assists the other night. Chris Paul is is a dying breed, and you want to preserve that for as long as you can. I see my uh, my God Diverse Conscious here, too, in the comments. Shout out to you. I uh, just wanted to say what's up. We appreciate you tapping in, everybody else. And last but certainly not least, I couldn't make my mind up. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you could give me some clarity here uh, because I really couldn't make my mind up for, for this final spot. It was down to four players for me. John Morant, I appreciate you, DC. I appreciate you. Um, John Morant, because listen, Memphis is still in the playoffs. Morant was hurt for a little while, but I feel like Morant is like Zion. He's must-see TV. He's the point guard. He, he can jump with anybody, and you got to watch him play. You, you always got to watch him play. Uh, so John Morant, but then it gets tricky. You're going to put D-Book in there? Probably not. You're not going to send D-Book and Chris Paul there, I don't think. Uh, but D-Book is very deserving too. D-Book's ice cold. He, he's, he's an ice cold killer. So John Morant, D-Book, and then I'm thinking SGA. Gilgis Alexander is a bucket getter. I mean, he, he's a killer too. He's a young killer. Right now might not be his time though. That, that's the only way I'm justifying him not making it. Right now might not be his time. He's definitely going to be there, but it might not be his calling. He, he's deserving though. If, if the West and East weren't so loaded, I mean, you're talking about the best players in the world. If they weren't so loaded – I think he'd be a no-brainer, but he's still young. This is only his second, third season in the league, uh, so he is deserving. But I think the coaches might go with one of the three I named. So it's SGA, Ja, D-Book, and my final one, who I'm actually going to pick. I made my decision. I don't, I'm not going to change it. Is De'Aaron Fox. Sacramento's, eh, their coach, I saw what you posted, Austin. Their coach, I think, has the highest odds to get fired in the NBA right now, Luke Walton. Um, Sacramento's had some bad breaks. It's been brutal over with that organization for the past couple of years, ever since they did boogie dirty, and that's their karma. But listen, De'Aaron Fox, he's taken a huge, a massive stride this season. I mean, he's in career highs in almost everything. And offensively, he's completely molded his game to the modern NBA. In college, he didn't really shoot the three ball as much. I drew comps, uh, Tyrese Maxey comps to De'Aaron Fox in college where coming out, weren't great three-point shooters. I think hovered right around like 33% for Fox. Maxey was at 29. Listen, speed kills, and there's not many faster than Fox. He's up there with the Russell Westbrook of speed when, when Westbrook used to uh, with Ben Simmons. He, he's up there with those guys. What's up, Zach? <laughs> Stay solid. That's my guy too. He's always putting me on with, with music and keeping my mind right. So uh, we got some we got some legends in the chat right now in our presence. But um, like I was saying with Fox, he's up there with some of the best in terms of speed. So he's killing dudes that way. But he added that three ball, and and if he can have a consistent three ball, he's going to be a problem for a long time. And that's why Sacramento gave him the max without him really proving anything in terms of winning, because they see the talent. They don't want to let that go. 
And in my opinion, if you're not going to send two Suns players there, I think he deserves it more than Ja does because Ja was hurt for a little bit and probably a little more than SGA. Um, Darren Fox is having a career year, but I, I wouldn't be upset if any of those four made it. Got to choose one. De'Aaron, I'll go I'll go De'Aaron. I'll stick with my guns and say De'Aaron. Okay, fair enough. Um, we're going to take one question mixed in here. Um, Tom Zimmerman says, do you think the Sixers can win without a trade? No. Um, I do not, and I don't know that there's a trade out there that would convince me that they can win. Um, anyway, and it isn't that I don't think they're good enough to win. I just think that you look at, like, who's in their way. Brooklyn um, is very, very top-heavy, but they're figuring it out quickly. Um, Milwaukee, I think, is better than what the record says. I think they're a little bit deeper as well. Um, LA, both LA teams, Utah, um, those were, I mean, whoever they have to ravage and, and fight f- to get through the East with, they're also going to have to, um, you know, go and face a potentially better opponent in the finals. I just think that's going to be an exhausting challenge. So I, I, I don't know that they're, that there is a trade that they can make that would uh, push them over the top. I actually, I, I talked to a league executive today. Um, a GM. Let me drop hey, okay. Um, You're earning your stripes out there, AK. I yeah. see you. Uh, talking to, I was talking to a GM today, and he was saying that um, that with all of, like the confusion this year and all of like the the constant change, people, it's really kind of a seller's market, and there isn't really a big trade to be made, especially with the eight or with the nine and ten seeds, which is something that I have brought up endlessly. Um, I think that's a really big factor this year. So I don't know. That, I don't know if there's a trade that they can make that would put them over the top without them sacrificing significant assets. And then at that point, you're wondering, like, is it worth it for the future? Because I know Kyle Lowry's the the gold standard in some respect. Um, but I I, 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 I feel differently than you. I don't think it's possible, honestly. I, I feel differently than you. I believe what you and and the exec are saying about the trade market. A lot of things have to get sorted out first, right? Detroit is holding out Blake Griffin. He'll determine a lot. Does Detroit buy him out? If they do, he's a candidate. Uh, Do they trade him? Who knows? Andre Drummond could be on the move. Boston might try to get a little better, compete with Philadelphia, bring Andre Drummond in. Uh, There's Kevin Love out in Cleveland who might get bought out also. Uh, There's just a lot that remains to be seen, but the deadline is fast approaching. Uh, Divers is talking about Victor Aladipo out in Houston, and, and he's another guy to watch. That reminds me of DeMarcus Cousins, too, who Houston might be parting ways with. But here's why I think Philly can win. They have Joel Embiid. Why does that matter? Nobody else has Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid alone is good enough to keep the Sixers in any game. If he has a one-on-one, he's going to win that matchup 70% of the time. And the reason why I hated Brett Brown was because their offensive focal point was Joel Embiid, but more importantly, an emphasis on the three ball. So last year, you had Embiid just coming down the floor and chucking threes. That doesn't happen anymore. He only shoots three if it's out of a double team like Tobias or Ben, somebody kicks it to Joe and he shoots a three, or it's wide ass open. But he's not just dribbling down and chucking threes. If Joel Embiid is on the block, 
you're guaranteed to either get two points 70% of the time or three because he's going to get fouled, go to the line, and convert. He converts at 80%, 85%, whatever, right? So if you have Joel Embiid, that automatically means you can compete with Denver, and it means you can compete with the Lakers. It's going to be a battle, but Joel Embiid can compete with the best of bigs. After Embiid, what do you got? You've got a 6'8 grown man bucket getter, Tobias, who I think wins a one-on-one matchup 60-70% of the time, and Ben Simmons the same. The Sixers are playing bully ball. That's why they have the most fouls drawn and most attempts at the line. That alone is enough to wear out any team. I don't care if it's Milwaukee, if it's the Clippers, the Lakers. If you are imposing your will early, you're getting to your spots. If you're establishing deep positioning in the post early, you're going to be there the entire game. You're getting that look all four quarters, right? But the thing is, if teams are going to double, which they will, that means you're not winning those matchups 70% of the time. It means maybe 50%, 40% because doubles are coming. When your players kick out of the doubles, you need to be able to rely on your teammates to capitalize. The Sixers missed 10 threes against Toronto last night off of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, or Tobias Harris double teams. They missed 10 of them, and they were open. So right now you've got Denver, you've got Portland, you've got Milwaukee, you've got uh, the the Nets, the Clippers, all with better three-point percentages on open three-point shots than the Sixers. The Sixers are at 35%. If they get that to 38 39 40%, coupled with the fact that they get fouled more than every team in the league, there's no reason why they can't win the finals. But it's not going to happen if you don't have a bench. And right now, there's just this terrible lack of offense creation off the Sixers bench. So it's like, yeah, their starting five can keep the game to two or four points or six points with Utah, with the Lakers, with the Clippers. But if you go to the bench and they're taking a two-point lead and making it an eight-point deficit, or they're taking a three-point deficit, making it a ten-point deficit, you're going to lose. And it costs them games on the road trip. It costs them the Portland game. It costs them the Suns game. So until the Sixers situate things with their bench and start capitalizing on those opportunities when teams double, they're probably going to be an Eastern Conference Finals team. Um, but but if they if they tee up a little bit on the bench, I, I don't see why they can't win a Finals. I really don't. I think this year it's theirs for the taking. I don't, I don't think Milwaukee's anything special. I think Philly matches up with them really well. I think if Philadelphia adds a few more pieces, they match up with Brooklyn well. And the only team I'm really worried about is the Clippers. I'm scared to death of Kawhi Leonard. I really am. Kawhi Leonard scarred me for life. I think he's the most intimidating defender in the NBA with Paul George playing the way he is. That's always brutal. Pat Bev is a head case, whatever. But the one thing that LA doesn't have that the Sixers do have is Joel Embiid. And there's no Serge Ibaka. There's no Marcus Saul. There's no Ivacha Zubac that's going to stop that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I... I, we'll, we'll say is what I'll leave it at. Uh, Tom asks, who do you think the Sixers will add at the deadline? I am like very confident they're going to trade for Nemanja Bialica. Um, I think that's going to be a big a move. Future Sixer. <laughs> yeah, future. It was former, future, former Sixer now. Yeah. Um, no, former, future, future, former Sixer. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I think they're um, they're, I think they're going to probably go for him, and I would expect them to be pretty active on the buyout market when that opens up. Um, 
it wouldn't shock me if maybe they looked at like Blake Griffin, um, if he gets bought out, um, or maybe even they 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 look at a trade for like Thaddeus Young. Um, you know, th- those are things that that I, I've heard people who are plugged in talk about. Um, so the 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 those wouldn't those wouldn't shock me. Um, now let's see here. There's another one. Oh yeah, like Lumi said, ain't beating healthy AD. Um, and then he says AD is better than Embiid. AD got a ring. You know who else has a ring? You know who else has a ring? Um, what is it? Russo. Russo is Alex Russo better than than Joel Embiid? Listen, I mean, you can make a case that AD is better than Embiid, but if you watch the NBA this season, he's 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 not better than Embiid. Embiid literally is unstoppable. He's got his takeover badge. There's no player in the NBA that can defend Embiid one on one. But Krell, I took way too long. We got a little off track. Give me your Western Conference reserves. There we go. So no, well, this is my starters as well. Okay. So starters too. My starters: Stephen Curry, easy one for me. Um, averaging 29.9, shooting 48.6, from the line, has a, a 2.0 exactly assist to turnover ratio, um, averaging five rebounds. Keep in mind, there's no clay there. Uh, his, sec- his second best scoring option is like Anthony Davis, or no, 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 no. Andrew Wiggins or uh, Kelly Oubre. So the gravity, um, the, gra- the shooting gravity is just insane, and he still is able to make shots, and the, and defenses are like all over him, really. Um, so I had to give it to him. Um, I did waver between Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard. I think I'm going to switch these up, and I'm going to say Damian Lillard should be a starter. Uh, leads the West in scoring, shooting 11 threes per game, still shooting almost 45% from the field. It gives you tells you exactly how good of a player he's been. Um, just absolutely insane, and, and he's kept them alive while CJ's been out. Um, there's seven games above 500, actually, so I, I think he's been insane. Um, little I can debate there. Kawhi Leonard, for obvious reasons, Kawhi, as we as we both think, is the best defensive wing. Uh, well, I guess he's. I guess in a lot of ways, like if we're saying that like this is this, like the, the starters are the top ten players in the league, and he's the best defensive player amongst them. And I would probably say that, you know, he's got to be one of the top two or three defensive players in the entire NBA. Um, so, but Kawhi is also averaging 27 points per game. Um, and he's averaging, you know, 4.9 assists. He's, all, he's almost, um, he's, he's pushing a 3.0 assist to turnover ratio, which is tremendous. So Kawhi has been just incredible for them. Um, He's shooting 58 and a half from the field, 39 from three, 88 and a half. So efficiency as always for him is, is tremendous. Then we go over to LeBron James, obvious reasons. He's the second, he's the runner up in the, in the MVP conversation um, by a pretty wide margin right now. And, you know, he's doing it at 36 years old. So he's obviously a starter. Jokic has been incredible. Um yes. He's, you know, he's not. If he's not going to defend, at least he does something on offense, which is dominate. Um, he's averaging. I think he's averaging what? Um, twenty six point six, eleven and eleven point one, and eight and a half. So he's like pushing triple double averages, which is insane. 
for well, a big. I think all of 50, 49 too. Yeah, for sure. He's 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 his clutch numbers are incredible. His shooting efficiency is way up this year. Uh, can't not give it to him. He's he's just an incredible player. Um, then now I go to my bench. This work gets interesting. So the first guard off the bench for me, Mike Conley, gets it for me. Uh, he's at. <laughs> I'm done. There is no, no way James Harden doesn't make the goddamn All Star game, but Mike Conley does. There's no way. Sorry, get you the just... hell out of here with that. Sorry. All right. Mike so what's your case? Let me let me hear your case. Mike Conley's having the best season of his career. You could argue he is, in a lot of ways, been the best player on that Utah team from time to time. Um, I think he's 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 adapted really well to a more off ball role, and I, I I I'm definitely not giving it to Rudy Gobert. So I mean, if they're going to have two all stars, it's going to be Donovan Mitchell and um, for me and uh, Mike Conley. I think he he's earned it. Uh, he's been snubbed many times before. He's the, he's arguably the best player on the best team in the West right now. I will give it to him. Um, sorry. I, I, it's one thing to say he's been snubbed, but don't call him the best player on Utah. It's Donovan Mitchell. He leaves him in point threes free throws. No, 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 no. He's the best scorer. On who? Utah? I think Jordan Clarkson is a better scorer than him. No, no. I'm saying that Donovan Mitchell is the best scorer. The best player is not Donovan Mitchell, I don't think. You think it's Mike Conley. You for real think Mike Conley is a better player than Donovan Mitchell? I'll show you the numbers right now. I don't care about the numbers. If I had to pick one player on my team, or if I'm if I'm playing one game, I'm picking Demich over Conley eleven out of ten times. It's just lighthearted. It's lighthearted banner. I, I respect your pick. Conley is com, com, is is shooting six point seven threes per game, making forty one percent, eighty three from the foul line, forty five from the field. Donovan Mitchell forty three, thirty nine, and eighty three, averaging five assists per game. Conley averages five point six per game. The best scorer is arguably Jordan Clarkson. The best player is Mike Conley. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Go so ahead. The best scorer is Mitchell. The best, the better, the, the I guess the best shooter of the bunch, if you wanted to say, could be Jordan Clarkson. But Mike Conley is, the, I think, the best player on the Jazz right now. I do. Man. I can't say the same, but but I, I, I respect you for, for taking that, that calculator risk. Who's next? All right. Next is going to be Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> okay. I, I, was hoping, I was hoping your ass didn't leave him off for Mike Conley. Donovan Mitchell gets it. He's the best, he's the best scorer on the best team in the West, so I got to give him there. Um Next is Paul George for the reasons that you said, having the best season of his career, and it's pretty obvious. Um, he he shit he shit himself in the bubble, and he responded with an incredible season. He's playing at an all time confidence level. He's adapting to more of an off ball role, and his his, his three point shooting has been been sensational this year. Arguably, you you could make the case he's probably been at least as good as Kawhi, but uh, um, I think it's. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, DC is right. Mike, Mike Conley does take care of his eyebrows. That's not the first time I've thought that. <laughs> wow. Mike, Mike Con- listen, Mike Conley's a, a a legend. Mike Conley's a legend. I grew up with Mike Conley. I'm, uh, 
I'm glad that the aesthetic of Mike Conley is is, is pleasing to everybody. It's, uh, it's better than what he puts on the court. I'll say that. You want to stop it? He's. I I think he is pretty clearly the best player on the Jazz. So that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable, Krell. That's unbelievable. Uh, how old is he? Thirty-two. He was a rookie in two thousand seven, so he's been in the league twelve years. And the best scorer is Mitchell. The best overall player. It's not true because Mitchell's a better defender than him too. He leads the Jazz in points and assists and threes made and free throws made. Like he he he, he might on a per game basis have less than than Conley, and his averages look different. It's just because Mitchell takes a higher volume. Like Mitchell shooting twenty shots a game. I'm sorry. I know. I, listen, that's your pick, and I respect it. Like I said, I'm I'm just respectfully disagreeing. Yeah, exactly. and that's that that's that's the beauty of sports media. None of these are the right answer. Go ahead. Who's next? You said so. You said uh, Conley, Mitchell, PG, right? So that leaves three left. That means I have uh, four. four left. Four, four left. Okay. Oh. Now my last four. We're gonna go even when even if the Pelicans have stunk this year, I am gonna give it to um, Zion Williamson, as you said. Um, Zion is averaging, I think, like a shade of. I think he's averaging over twenty-four points per game, um, and to go along with, I think, like I want to say, it's eleven rebounds. That doesn't sound right to me. It's it's, it's six point eight rebounds, twenty-five point one points. He's shooting sixty-one percent from the field, a little higher than that actually, and that's by far the best of any player that's attempting as many shots as he has. So I'm going to give it to Zion Williamson. He's he's well de- well deserving of it. Um, my last pick. For a big, which I think now in retrospect, I probably wouldn't give it to him, but I'm not going to give it to Gobert because I think Gobert is ridiculous that you call him an all star and he like he isn't. Sorry, he's not an all star. <laughs> Come on, bro. I mean, it's like it's like saying Tyson Chandler was an all star. No, it's not. Saying Mike Kylie is an all star is like telling me that. Uh, no, nah, let let me not be that disrespectful. Okay, who you got? Whatever you you said, what you said. Who you picking? Anthony Davis. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to AD. Yeah. Uh, Who's so who, who who's his replace? I might be putting you on the spot, but do do you have a replacement pick for him? Because probably he's not going to play because he's hurt. That see, that's what I mean. Like that's why I think it's Gobert because because Mike Conley, Jay, Jay Crowder, who <laughs> Jay Crowder. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm, I'm plugging my mic. No, you got to find a new co-host with that. You got to find a new co-host with that. He's just not an all-star. He's not. Um, let me see here. I will go with Dion. Dion after this, Dion raises a good point too. A little bit. Yeah, here, I, I get. I guess. Um, what, what's the dude's name? Christian Wood. Yeah. See, Christian Wood's been having a fantastic year. I love Christian Wood. He's a beast offensively. But I, I just think if it came down to a big, you have to pick to replace AD. They're not taking Wood because he hasn't played long enough this year, and they're probably not going to put B. Dot and Zion Williams in the All Star game because New Orleans just hasn't been good enough. Uh, so given that that I don't think Mike Conley makes it, I think the coaches probably go two from Utah. They're the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, so I think those two are D. Mitch and Gobert. Um, yeah. Right. So you said you said Conley, you said Conley, you said D Book Conley, uh D Mitchell. Uh so you pick Christian Wood to replace A D. You recall I haven't even mentioned uh, Luka yet. That's true too. 
That's two my, last, my last two picks. Devin Booker. Okay. I'm not giving it to Chris Paul. I'm giving it to Devin Booker. Okay. Um, he's averaging 24 points a game, 49, 37, 84. Um, assist turnover ratio is almost even, which isn't good, but I think he's just trying to adjust a little bit to having Chris Paul there with him. I generally think he's the best player on the best team. Or sorry, he's the best player on a, on one of the, the top four teams in the East or in the West. So I'm gonna give it to him. My last pick. My last pick, it was somewhat of a a wild card pick because you can have either a guard or a forward there. Luka Doncic, no questions asked. They're underperforming, but he's a stud. Um, and yeah, it's it's obvious. So. Hey, listen, man, I, I I like your picks. I went with Chris Paul over Devin Booker just based on the logistics. Thirty five and. and uh, still 17 and 8. He helped last year's All Star game. So I just think they want to give him his flowers before he's gone. I uh, respect the Devin Booker pick. I think it's tough to leave him off the All Star game uh, because he's just, he's, he's goaded. Um, but, but that Mike Conley one, we, we might have to take that. We, exactly. Like DC said, Devin Booker was a nice comeback. That Everyone liked that one. But that Mike Conley one, bro, we might have to go back to the draw. I, I mean, I, honestly, I think it's just obvious. Like, Go watch Utah play. I do. I don't know about that. I do. What do you mean? You come on, Austin. You can't tell me that Mike Conley is the best player on Utah. The best team in the NBA is not is not dictated by Mike Conley. It's Donovan Mitchell. If you were a general manager, if you were a coach, if you were at, at the park and somebody put Mike Conley next to De- Donovan Mitchell. And said, look, we need a bucket, we need a stop, we need a win, we need a three, we need an assist. I feel like 10 out of 10 people would go with Donovan Mitchell as opposed to Mike Conley. Did you know, did you know that Mike Conley, the Jazz are outscoring opponents by 16.4 points per 100 possessions with Mike Conley on the floor. Donovan Mitchell, it's only 9.9. Mike Conley has played 242 minutes fewer than Donovan Mitchell has. Exactly. That's 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 it right there. He's played way less than him, so that number is going to be skewed positively for Conley. <laughs> what? That's how it works. Listen, oh listen, this is how it works. If Donovan Mitchell took 100 shots and made 50 of them, he Bro. should 50% from the field. Bro. Bro. But if Mike Conley took 40 shots and he made 30 of them, his percentage is way higher because he took way less shots. Bro. Bro. You're not going to use a plus minus or an on-off total to convince me Mike Conley's better Bro. than Donovan Mitchell. You just got to watch it. Donovan Mitchell is better in, in, in any day that ends in a Y than Mike Conley. Listen, listen. Look. Dion, I took Rudy over Conley. With Conley off the court. With Conley off the court. Austin. The Jazz. About the on-off totals. That doesn't mean anything to basketball. In my the on-off totals mean nothing to me. He how many games has he played? All right. All right. All right. How many games has he played? I don't know. Find out. You just got me the on-off totals. Tell me tell me how many games he played. My computer's gonna die, dude. Come on, I have to read the last ad. It's seven percent left. You go read the ad. I'll find it then. All right, I'll do it. Fine. Let's see. Here. Now you want to do it? Now when, when I he's when played I, thirty I, games, huh? He's played thirty games. Thir- he's played thirty games. 
Yes. And how many games? Then how's he played 242 less minutes than Mitchell? Uh, There's no way he played 30 games. He's played 24 games, 24 games. Okay. He's played 24 games. What about Mitchell? Mitchell has played 28. That's why the on-off totals are skewed. He's played 242 less minutes. Obviously, the on-off totals are going to be skewed. Krell, and I'm even if you're wearing I don't listen, care anything about listen, the on-off totals. Listen. you got to be trolling. I'm not trolling. I honestly believe it. I, what has uh, Mike Conley done that, that you think is all-star worthy that it, that it wouldn't be for Chris Paul or, or for James Harden? If you're going to leave James Harden out, you put Mike Conley in. There's your credibility. Conferences. It doesn't matter. It's it's a it's a respect thing. If you don't have the respect to put James Harden, who's 24 and 11, a, a game on one of the best teams in the league in the All Star game over Chris Middleton, Brock. then how are you going to put Mike Conley in it? Brock, Brock it's, it's over. It's over. I'm I I've chosen Mike Conley. You, you did it. I respect it, but I'm saying I'm a, I'm a, I'm no a respect. You can't tell me he's the best player on Utah. He is. He's the best player. That's crazy, Austin. Player. That's crazy. That's 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 lunacy. He's not. It's not. Look at the facts. Look at. There the are facts. no facts. <laughs> and, and text your little GM exact guy and ask him if he thinks Donovan Mitchell is lesser of a player than Mike Conley. He'll block your number. They'll say, don't text me again. Go work in a different profession. <laughs> Bro, That's I'm telling I mean. you, he's, he's the better player. Krell. All why players. is he the better player? Oh. If, give, give me a plausible reason as to why Mike Conley is a better I player. You. Huh? I gave you two. <laughs> you didn't give me anything. You said his, his on-off total 16. D. Mitch is nine. I don't care. I'm talking about basketball on the court. Those are basketball numbers. numbers. Bro, you, you can't use an on-off to justify them. I'm talking about pure basketball, putting the ball on the floor, attacking the defense, putting the ball in the basket. I'm not talking about a number. I'm, I'm not talking about what nerds like me and you like. I'm talking about straight hoops. If you have to pick Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley with the game on the line to start a franchise, to get a stop, to get a bucket, you would take D. Mitch 11 out of 10 times. You would never take okay. Mike Conley. To get a bucket. How to lead a team in a game seven scenario. I would pick Mike Conley. When has Mike Conley done that? He's never He's won anything. He's done that. Huh? Never mind. Donovan Mitchell's in his third year. Mike Conley's at his 13th, his 14th. He's never right, won anything. All right, all right, all right, all right. seven-game series with Mike Conley. Utah wouldn't be the best team in the league. It, listen, if Utah has Mike Conley and no Donovan Mitchell, there may be an, a top eight seed. If Utah has Donovan Mitchell and no Mike Conley, they're still a top five seed. That's all I need to know right there. Okay. All right. Um and Ben Butler, I know you love Ben Simmons, and I love Ben Simmons too. Game on the line, I need a bucket. I'm not taking Ben Simmons though. I love the dude to death. Um, that's just not that, that. That's 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 not Ben's cup of tea right there. Right. Um, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have unlimited. They have, they have eliminated the need to do. Countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. NBA, MLB, PGA, or even esports. Choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup 
Each prop has a fantasy total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. More point selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Um, use promo code Simmons for three. That's Simmons for the word four, F-O-R, three, number three, Simmons for three. When you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more, download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. All right, everybody. Brock, what do you got coming up besides some bullshit? Besides some bullshit, you can't. You, you're you're not. You can't have the audacity to say that to me. You can't have the audacity to say that to me right now, Krill. Um, listen, it's all lighthearted banner at the end of the day. I respect you and what you do. Um, I know you're on your grind. You're you're one of the few solid guys in this industry, uh, specifically in Philadelphia. So. I respect you and what you do. It's all lighthearted. Uh, just take it on the chin. I'm just messing with you. But at the end of the day, uh, you won't find Mike Conley on any of my all-star ballots. Um, it's okay. We can't, we can't all be right. Ex- exactly. Um, but listen, I, I post breakdowns after all the Sixers games. I got um, the recap for both Toronto games coming on Wednesday. Uh I mean, the schedule is just recaps and, and breakdowns the day after the game. I'm going to be uh, collaborating soon with some people that I think um, my audience might find interesting. They're going to be talking about basketball cards, which is basically like the new stock market. Uh, there's a huge explosion there. I'm going to have some people on maybe talking about different teams, player features. I don't know. Um, but right now I'm just trying to think of ways to just pump different content out. Uh, so if you're looking for any basketball dialogue and somebody that's going to tell to you straight uh, that way and not hold anything back or, or be goofy or anything like that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Landis Brock right here. And on YouTube, it's Brock Landis. So you just reverse those words and, and you'll be able to find me there. And I'm Austin Krell. You can find me on Twitter at NBA Krell. Uh, I cover the Sixers on the beat. I also write a weekly column for – um, the uh, Last Out Media Network discussing different X's and O's that I see on a daily, on a weekly basis from different games. Um, also find us at the Pain and Lines YouTube, uh, where we, we, we always post the pod. We also always um, have, you know, our, our, our different shows on at all times. Um, as always, we do appreciate the support. If you want to help support uh, the cause and help support the Feed to Embiid, uh, we can pursue our, our our love for giving you guys content. You can always give me an Venmo at a Krell. I will be sure to share it with Brock once he admits that Mike Conlon is the best player on the Jazz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as always, everybody, we appreciate you. Have a good night, and we will see you next time for a new episode of the Feed to Embiid.